Welcome to Unpeeled, where we peel back the layers to get to the core of the story. This is Shannon Peel, and I'm so glad that you decided to join us today. Hey, so thank you very much for coming by and listening to Unpeeled today. So today's episode is from That's Life series. Now, That's Life is a novel that I wrote during a really bad time in my life when I was feeling unlovable and unemployable and just completely alone. And it's written from the viewpoint of five different women who are just trying to navigate life in the 21st century. It looks at all of those things that, you know, we're struggling with and in our in middle age in our lives so the purpose of it today and taking the novel apart into these pieces is to help you look at your life and your story and heal through story so let's start with chapter one which is written from the viewpoint of justine was there ever a time when it was simple to be a woman Was it easier back in the day when everyone knew their place, when everyone had a role to play, when, you know, when men were men and women were women? Did that make it simpler? I hope not, because if life was easier, better, and more productive back in the day, what was the point of struggling for feminism and equality? It's just that, you know, it doesn't always feel like our lives are better. There's more pressure, more stress, and more responsibility. It feels like something is missing. This can't be all there is to life. It's one big revolving wheel that goes nowhere. For instance, every morning at our home is exactly the same. Mom, where are my shirts? My daughter Emma demands. Shirts? In your closet? I ask. Nope. Folded in a basket? No. Damn, are you sure? Yeah. Never mind, I found them. Where? Wet and stinky in the washing machine. When did you wash them? I try to think. I can't really remember when I did. Um, do you have a dirty one that you can wear? Sending my daughter to school in dirty clothes? What would my mother say? Thing is, I know exactly what she'd say. She just told me last week. You just need to do things during work breaks. You work from home. How hard can it be to stop, take a break, switch out the laundry, do a load of dishes, sweep the floor, and then go back to work? You know, it is a good question. Um, However, I just generally don't take breaks. And if I do, I surf the net or check social media. I don't really think to do the laundry. Hence, my daughter yelling at me about how hard done by she is because she has to wear a shirt she already wore to school. Heaven help us. What will the kids think? What will her teachers think? Um, Will they call social services if her shirt gets dirty enough? I hear my husband coming down the stairs to save the day. He does this a lot. Well, he grabbed a couple of clean shirts, the ones she doesn't like out of her dresser, and walked into the kitchen and said, Your choice, the dirty one, one of these, a smelly one, or you can just go in your bra. It's up to you. I choke on my coffee. And if she had chosen to go into her bra, then what? She doesn't. She just says, Dad, in that, oh, you're so embarrassing way teen girls have, and grabs a clean one out of his hand. 
I'll go run the load in the washer or make up a coffee for one. He disappears into the laundry room. Oh my God, I can't even imagine what my great-grandmother did before washing machines were invented. I turn, pour my husband a cup of coffee, add two teaspoons of sugar, and pop a bagel into the toaster for his breakfast. I fill the dishwasher and I'm just turning it on when I feel his strong arms wrap around me from behind. And a kiss on my neck. I lean into him. It feels so normal. Yuck! Our 10-year-old son's voice interrupts us, and I am twirled around to face my husband, who kisses me while our son makes fake gagging noises. The kiss is just a passionless peck. Normal. Boring. He did it to gross out our son, not to kiss me. Your coffee, kind sir. I hand him his hot mug of coffee. Sugar. I look at him, shake my head, and turn to butter his bagel. Gus and Rose's place Sunday afternoon, he asks, and I nod. Girls' night afterwards, I nod again, and I'm stuck babysitting. Parenting, dear, it's called parenting when the kids are yours? Are you sure they're mine? Positive. That is a typical morning. Every day is the same. A chore I forgot to do, my husband swooping in to fix things, my kids needing something, or disapproving of something I did or didn't do, and each day is pretty much the same. Chores, kids, work, bed, always the same. Perfectly the same. Perfect. The perfect life. I'm 40 years old, and I have a wonderful, loving husband, two well-adjusted kids, a gorgeous home in a suburban neighborhood, and a career. I have a good life. And I feel like I'm missing something, like I forgot something, did something wrong. Did my mother feel this way? Did my grandmother, did my great-grandmother, did my grandmother ever forget to switch over the wash to have, or have to wash the load two more times before it made it into the dryer? Did she own a dryer? Did she have to run her kids around from one activity to the other, helping them with homework more advanced than when she'd gone to school? Did she feel the pressure friends, family, and society to be perfect? Always feeling judged? Did she ever look at her life and wonder, what? Did, did I make the right choices? Will it be different for my daughter? By then, you know, by the time my daughter's 40, everyone will probably just swallow a pill and say, that's dinner. So, if women have more time because they won't have to cook, will life be any different? Or will my daughter be looking at 40, saying, I think I forgot to do something? Will she have regrets? Do you have regrets? I know I have regrets. We all have regrets. And when we look back on our lives, and we think about all the plans that we had made, where we thought our lives would be when we were dreaming of what we would do when we grew up is what you're doing, what you thought you would be doing. Was it as great as you thought it was going to be? So when I was young, I used to write stories and write in a diary and tell myself stories as I did things in order to keep myself sane. 
you know, where I moved, where I grew up, I grew up during a time when there we only had two two stations, um, and you had to actually get up off the couch and turn a dial. We were told to play outside, get out of the house, and we lived on a mountain about. 20 minutes outside of a small town. You know, the, there was one time when my son was little and my mom was showing him a video of me being little and them building the house. And my son, I think he was about, must have been about four or five years old, and he looks at my mom and he goes, where's the neighborhood? I, there was no neighborhood. We grew up on an acreage. So there was no one to go and knock on a door and say, hey, you want to go play? All I had, so you know, what I had was stories, and the stories I told myself in my mind. And then when I went to university, or actually before university, I went to, I wanted to be a journalist and tell stories. I thought, that would be great. I can be on the radio and tell stories and tell the news. So I, you know, the school arranged for me to go, or follow, shadow, a journalist. And I spent all day, and I can, I can still remember, you know, get sitting in the van, the back of the van, and driving down well, past Peachland. So you're like driving down, down, and you're interviewing this uh, Native American, or Native Canadian, I think one of the First Nations person about a story that he was doing, and we're coming back, and he's telling me stuff, and he looks at me, and he goes, you don't ask any questions. So I was shy. I was really kind of shy. I felt kind of you know, I was observing. I was learning through observing. And I didn't have any questions because it was all pretty much straightforward. You know, you go down, you... So then I came up with some questions to ask. Like, how did you... You know, why did you do it? And why did you become a journalist? And do you like it? And all those questions that are really kind of sarn. And he looked at me and says, you know what? You just don't have what it takes to be a journalist. And I believed him. So I said, okay, I guess I can't be a journalist. And I went to school, but I still was going to school. So I went to school to be a teacher. And I didn't know anyone to be a teacher, but I went to school to be a teacher. While I was in school, I was out there going, okay, what do I want to do? What do I want to do? Well, politics. Politics looks interesting. I really enjoy studying politics. But being a politician, you know, I came home and said, oh, I'm going to politics. And she said, well, you know, there's never going to be a female prime minister in your lifetime. So that's probably not a good idea. Oh, because, you know, I was going for the top one. Then I thought, oh, well, maybe I'll be a writer. And, you know, I was reading Hemingway. And I just really loved the idea of writing the story of my generation. I bought this recorder so I could record my friends and us having conversations and then I would kind of write about them. Um, I went home from university and said, hey, mom, I want to be a writer. You know, I think about the stories that I read and how I can make them better. And she kind of just laughed and she said, no, you know what? You're not a writer. You can't make someone else's story better. Um, and writers don't make money. So that's, that's not a really good job. And I believed her. So off I go again. And I just, so I graduated and I had no idea what I was going to do. And I just kind of basically took what life gave me. Now, I can think about all the times in my life where something would happen. I, you know, there'd be a story about a woman who was in her 40s and her husband had just divorced her. And now she had this 
crappy job because she had to make money because she had stayed home with the kids and he wasn't paying the child support. And I said, that will never be me. I am not going to be that. Well, guess what? That's where I ended up. That's exactly where I ended up. So if I looked, if I went, could go back in time and ask my 20 year old self, are, look at my life. Do you think I'm successful? My 20 year old self pretty much smacked me in the back of the head and said, what the hell did you do with my dreams? What happened with these kids? Why do we have kids? And why did you get married? Let alone get married to that? What happened to the career? What happened to becoming an executive? What happened to being the kick-ass career bitch? That wasn't me. If I could go back to myself at 30, when I had two kids and the husband and the house and everything, and I asked myself at 30, am I successful? My 30-year-old self smacked me along the back of the head and said, what the hell did you do with our stuff? We had, you don't have anything that I have right now, let alone gotten more. I, you know, we don't, we're, we're not homeowners anymore. What, what, what happened? We don't, we're not married anymore. The kids don't live with you anymore. You don't have, heck, you don't even have the stuff. You don't have any things that I had. What happened to everything? That would be my 30-year-old self looking at me. Now, if I went back to my 40-year-old self, and right now I'm 48, so if I went back to my 40-year-old self, and this is when the time when, you know, it's just coming into, the, just coming up on the divorce, right before my life went into the tanker, I would, could ask myself, hey, am I successful? My 40-year-old self would hit me on the side of the head and go, yeah, you're alive. You're doing good. We're not married to that anymore, and you wrote two novels. I mean, come on, um, you're doing what I thought we should have been doing 20 years ago. So, you know, I remember right before my life fell apart, thinking, oh, you know, sitting there, and life was just the same every single day. Get up, get the kids to school, try and find the job. Clean the house, cook dinner, do, 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 do. And it was just such a rut. It was boring. Uh, I had very few friends because we had moved from Calgary to Vancouver and I wasn't really meeting anyone and it was just like such a rut. And I was bored. And I thought, oh, life is so boring. There's got to be something better than this. Well, life decided to say, yes, you're right, there is. But first we need to get rid of all of the stuff that you have. We need to take, you need to lose it all. You wanted an exciting life, we're going to give you an exciting life. And that's exactly what life did give me for the first part of my 40s. So, you know, when you're looking at life, when you hit 40, you kind of all of a sudden stop really caring what other people think. You you start looking at life a little bit differently. Um, all that stuff about living in the land of should, trying to get the, the home, two kids, two cars, uh, you know, all of that all of a sudden doesn't seem as important when you're looking at the back end of your life going, okay, what do I want to do now? Um, you know, you just, for me, forties was a big, huge change. And I know for other people it has been as well. I mean, for my parents, 
you know, my parents were in their early 40s and they both lost their jobs and had to start over. But I was going to university. So they had to start over. I was going to university. They had just bought the house that my great-grandfather built and they had were in the middle of renovating that. And my brother was still playing rec hockey, which if you're a Canadian, you rep hockey. And if you're Canadian, you understand rep hockey is extremely expensive. I'm going to university, which you know is expensive. And my parents lost their jobs. Boom. Had to re-figure out life. Kids moved out. Empty nest. Had to figure out life. New things. Now, that said, I mean, today's world, a lot of women are waiting until their late 30s before they have kids. So you could be in your 40s and you're just trying to figure out, you know, I've got this career, I've got the marriage, I've got the kids, and you're just trying to get through your day because you're exhausted. I'm exhausted just thinking of it. And I was in my late 20s, early 30s when I was going through it and had a lot more energy than I do in my 40s. So kudos to you if you're in your 40s with young children and trying to keep that career going. I applaud you. I know it's hard, but you got this. So when you think about your life, so if you pretend you're Justine and you're just thinking about life, you go, okay, you know what? Is this the life I wanted? And if it is the life that you wanted, congratulate yourself. It's, it's not the life that you wanted. Is it better or worse than what you wanted? Are you happy or are you just on that treadmill or on that hamster wheel in the rat race, just trying to get through each and every day? Now may be the time for you to stop, sit back, write it out, write your story. What did you want it to be? What did you want to do? Where are you now? Why is it different? Why is it the same? And figure out the next 10, 15 years of your life. Start with the story. So what you can do now is you can go to marketappeal.agency. And if you're a member, uh, if you're a That's Life member, you can you will get the download that goes with this recording. And so with all the questions and journaling to help you journal and write your life story and learn how to heal through story, how to get what you want out of life by understanding your story, rewriting it, and writing a new story about your future. So I hope you will join us at marketappeal.agency, part of the forum, be part of the groups. And help us to write about that's life because that is life. That's life. This is it. This is it. This is what we got. This is what we deal with. It, there's no magic blue pill. No magic. There's nothing. You can't be. I know Nero took the blue pill, but there isn't a blue pill. You just have to get through life. And it's hard. But with story and with support and with friends, we can get through it together. So come on and be part of the That's Life story. This is Shannon Peel. Thank you so much for joining us today on Unpeeled. We want to hear from you, so log into that social media account. Use the hashtag Unpeeled. And let us know your thoughts about today's podcast. <laughs>